Turn your Bibles, if you will, to John 21. We were here just a few weeks ago. It's where Jesus speaks to Peter. And Jesus is saying, this is what it is to follow me. If you look at my Bible, it goes right from John to Acts. This last chapter of John immediately goes into Acts and... And in Acts, we see Peter's answer. And he says, this is what it is to follow me. Are you going to do it? And he kind of, it's actually, he just says, this is the question. This is the question. You're going to do this. The last chapter of John is the question. First two chapters of Acts and the rest of Acts is the answer. And so I'm going to go back to the question. And then we're going to talk about what your answer is going to be. So let's all stand in honor of God's word. I'm actually going to read this out of the Amplified because I just like it better. I like the way it says it better. And so I'm going to read this again. We read it a few weeks ago, but I want to read it again. When he had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? With reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, as one loves the Father. So that's the question. Is that, is that how you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you, that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you, as for a close friend. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Again he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with reasoning, intention, spiritual devotion, as one loves the Father? He's asking, Am I your everything? And he says, Lord, you know I love you, that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you, as for a close friend. He said to him, tend my sheep, shepherd my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep, instinctive, personal affection? Do you, are you just a close friend of mine? And Peter was grieved, was saddened and hurt that he should ask him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, you know everything. You know that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. He's saying, that's that's all I have. That's where I'm at right now. And Jesus says again, feed my sheep. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, when you were young, you girded yourself, put your own belt on and girdled it, and you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you and carry you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. He still, follow me, shepherd my sheep, follow me, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following the one who also had leaned back on him on his breast at the supper. And he said, Lord, what is this? What is that? What... <laughs> He said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? Then when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? What about this guy? What's he going to have to do? And Jesus said to him, if I want him to stay, survive, live till I come, what is that to you? What concern is that of yours? Follow me. You follow me. We're going to look at this this morning. This is the question. Acts is the answer. We're going to talk about the in-between this morning. There's nothing between the question 
and the answer. In my Bible, there's nothing. It's the decision in here that makes all the difference. Let's pray. Lord, today, Father, we're in that place in between. What are we going to do with the question that you've given us, Father? I pray that we'll answer it correctly. For when we answer it correctly, then we have revival and things happen that can't happen otherwise. But, Father, we have got to answer correctly. And so this morning, Father, I pray we would hear the question. And I pray that we would answer the way that you would have us to answer. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning is Pentecost, and, and people around the world are preaching out of Acts chapter 2. But I wanted to go back, and we read that this morning, and I'm glad we did, but I wanted to go back to the question. We see in Acts chapter 2 the power of the Holy Spirit working in lives of the followers of Jesus, and we love those stories, and we love to read of the adventures, Peter and John and all these guys. They answered yes to this question and the Holy Spirit comes and people's lives are changed and this whole book of Acts is a, is a, a story, is the story and the, and, the, and the historic journaling of what happened there. But we can't get to Acts until we go through John chapter 21. Acts doesn't happen without going through chapter 21. The change in Peter's life does not happen until he answers the question of John chapter 21. John chapter 21 is the question. And he says, are you going to follow me? Are you going to love me? Do you love me? Acts chapter 2, Acts the book, is the answer. And Peter answers yes. The in-between, the, the air between these pages. And I'm telling you, this morning as I was sitting in my chair... I feel like this morning that many of you are in the air between the pages here. Jesus has posed the question, will you love me? Will you love me? Do you love me? Am I everything to you? I like you. And we answer and we like you. I like you. You're a good friend. He's saying that's not enough. Do you love me with everything? Will you give me everything? And we have to decide between this page and this page, what are we going to do? And you're there this morning. And Jesus is asking the question to someone this morning, do you love me above everything else? And as Jesus takes his disciples to the answer, they have to come through the question. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to your desire. And the, and the question is always the same. The same as when we started way back, uh, just before we were talking about Resurrection Sunday. And the Sundays before that, the invitation is come and die. That's always the question. That's always the invitation. Come and die. Die to yourself. Die to your desires, to your goals, to your ambitions. Die out to them and let me have your life to do what I want to do with it. And God is saying, give me this. I want this. God wants this. Whatever it is, whatever you have, he wants your life. 
to accomplish the work that he has to get done around you. And uh, people will, we're afraid that if we follow God, that people are going to make fun of us. What would people think if I gave everything to God? What would kids at school think if I gave everything to God? What would my week look like if I was totally sold out to God? What if I had to give up of some of what are the things I wanted to accomplish? What would God, for, for what God wanted, what would that look like? What would God do with the living that I make? If I gave everything to him, if I said everything is yours, I, I'm putting everything on the table, I'm letting go of everything. What would God do with the money that I make? We would, what if I couldn't enjoy all the things I want to enjoy anymore? You see, and this is where Peter is, and he sees it very clearly, and he's very honest with God. And you see, when God tells him to feed his sheep, Peter sees and knows and understands. He has watched Jesus shepherd for three years. He has watched Jesus feed sheep for three years. When he says, feed my sheep, Peter knows exactly what that looks like. It's not, oh, what is that? I don't know what you're talking about. He knows exactly what it is. He's watched Jesus do it for three years. He's watched Jesus lay down his life for the ministry. He's watched Jesus lay down his life for the cause of the Father. He's watched Jesus sleep out in the cold night after night after night. He's watched Jesus not make a living. He's watched Jesus have to depend on others for nearly everything. He's watched Jesus raise people from the dead. He's watched Jesus touch people and, and they'd be healed. He's watched Jesus preach to thousands. He's watched people come and say, I believe in you. And then he's watched people kill him and nail him to a cross. And he's right there at the end of this. And Jesus says, hey, come on. Come do what I've been doing. Come shepherd. Come feed my sheep. And Peter says, I don't want to. I've watched what it is to shepherd and I've watched what it is to feed your sheep. And I really like you. I really like you. But I don't want to. And somewhere between here and here, Peter changes his mind. Being separated from the love of Jesus, being separated from the one that he loves more than anything is more than he can bear. And he comes to this place in the air between John 21 and Acts chapter 1. In this area where there isn't anything, where it doesn't speak about it, it doesn't say anything about what he was going through. But somewhere between here and here, in the area in between... He loves God so much and he gets broke down so much that he says, I do not care 
what you do to me. I do not care what happens to me. I do not care if I have anything in this world. I do not care if anybody knows who I am. I do not care what it takes. I will serve you. If you slay me, I will serve you because I want to know Jesus. And as he makes that decision in the place between, when that decision is made, when he gets to that place that he says, whatever you want, God, whatever you have for me, I don't care about Peter anymore. I don't care about any aspirations that I had to be a great fisherman. I don't care about any aspirations I had for people knowing me. I don't care about any goals that I had for while you were living. I don't care about any of these things. I just want to know Jesus. I just want to know you. I want to love you. That's all I want. And when that happened, when he got broke down to that spot, chapter 2 Acts. But you can't get to chapter 2 Acts without the land in the middle. As I have read this, thought about this, Peter wanted, I mean, Peter wanted the gifts of God. He wanted the things that God could give him. But he didn't want to go through what he was going to have to go through. And he knew what it was. He had seen what it was. Peter wanted heaven. And he wanted to be with God. But he didn't want to be like God. Because when you're like God. We see the picture of God in the life of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you. If, if you are going to follow Jesus. He's going to call you to serve. And he's going to call you to serve people. And if you serve people, you're going to see what Peter saw. And he said, I don't want any part of it. Because if you love people, eventually you're going to get hurt. You're going to get your feelings hurt. Somebody's going to do something to you. Somebody's going to say something about you. Somebody's going to say something back to you. Somebody's going to misunderstand you. And we could just go through here and not talk about this at all, and it would just be way easier. But you can't get to Acts chapter 2 without going through John 21. You can't get there. This is where every one of the followers goes through. And Peter's saying, I, I have seen what devotion to God, I've seen what it got Jesus. I've seen that. I seen the picture. I watched you. You were devoted to the cause. You were you were doing everything God wanted you to do. I see what that got you. It got you hung on a cross. It got you killed. And that's just I just don't want to give my life. And I mean, I don't bl- I mean, I don't blame him. It's a hard decision. And we say, well, it, it wouldn't be hard for me. It wouldn't be hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard. Oh, it's, it's awful. 
And you say, oh, pastor, it's not, it's not awful in there, in that spot where you say yes to the Lord. We want to hang on to this. The body desperately cries out for what it wants. And this sinful body wants to do what it wants to do. And it wants to have the things that it wants to have. And we don't want to let go. And it will, it will claw and scream and do whatever it can to hang on to it. And the world will offer us stuff and say, well, if you, if you serve God, you're not going to be able to do this and things like that. And you won't be able to have all this and, and you won't be able to do that. And your kids won't be able to do this and they're going to miss out on something. And, and you're not going to be the best parent you can be. And, and what do people think of you and people in your family are going to make fun of you and things like that. And what's the world going to think if you really live for Jesus Christ? What's the world really going to think about you? If you really turn yourself on, and what would God ask you to do? I mean, if you really turn everything over, what, what's that going to look like? Am I going to be able to live where I live? Will I be able to do the job that I'm doing? Will I be able to have the things that I have? Will I be able to retire the way I want to retire? Will I be able to live here? Will I be able to, or is God going to call me off somewhere else and I have to live in a hut somewhere? Or what's God going to call me to do? I just, I just, there's just so many unknowns. I just don't know. I just don't know what's God, what's going to, that's not easy. The in-between is not easy. But you can't get to Acts chapter 2 without going through John 21. And if you're going to be a follower of God, I've got good news and bad news for you. God's going to take you through this. In the church world we live in, there's this thinking that there's this, this time when I come and I ask forgiveness of my sins and all of a sudden the work is done and it's all, it's all over. And I don't have to, that's, that's just it. God's forgiven me and, and has made me clean and everything's great and there's nothing else going to, I'm done. Go tell that to Peter. See, Peter had given himself to Jesus. He loved Jesus and had given himself to Jesus. And he says, Peter, you are in this place, but I've got more for you. And I've made it sound, I'm afraid that maybe I've made it sound like it's some awful thing. My wife just shook her head and said, yeah. That was not the desire of my heart. Because I'm going to tell you, you will never be satisfied in your walk with Jesus until you answer yes to this. Oh, you can come to church and you can sing the songs and you can ignore God. And I believe this happens. I believe people just come and they get busy and they ignore God and they come to church on Sunday morning and they hear the word and they say, I, yeah, that, sound, that sounds really good. I appreciate that. And thank you for your word, Pastor, and, and just keep on rolling. And they get in his word and God starts pushing on their heart and it brings them to this question in 21. Do you love me? Are you going to love me? 
I'll just read something else today. I'm going to tell you, you will never be what God has called you to be until you come to this place where you say, God, I love you above anything else. You will never be satisfied. You will never be, and I'm telling you, it is the most wonderful place ever. It is the most wonderful place ever. Living in this world of open hands, God, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, it's just freedom. I've watched it in my son, Luke. Wherever you want me to go, I'll take you to Africa. Okay, wherever. I've watched him with decision that he has to make and has to make choices of things that he wants to that he wants in his life and God says, "No, that's not what I have for you right now." Okay. Okay. Things that we all want. Things things and and we worry about things and God, God can you take care of me here and there and what what about this and what about that? Just just open just Whatever you want, God. And somewhere between John 21 and Acts chapter 2, Peter got broke down and he said, God, I love, I love you. I love you more than this. I love you more than my job. I love you more than being successful. I love you more than what people think of me. I love you more about than where I live. I love you more about how I'm going to retire. I love you more than what anybody thinks. Lord, I love you more. And you, whatever you want, I, I, just, I just want to come to you open-handed. And in this area here where there's nothing, in the battle for Peter, Peter said, I love God most. And the Holy Spirit came and moved on Peter. And we saw revival. History was changed through this man's ministry. The history of the world. And I have to think and I believe that in this congregation today, there are people who I believe are here in the middle. God's asked you the question and you're trying to decide what's my answer. And God wants to move powerfully in your families, in your marriages, in your school, in your homes, in your businesses, in our town. And we have to get to the place, church, where we say, God, I, I love you more than any of it. Bless me or slay me. I will follow you no matter what. Peter looked at it and he said, I don't want, I don't want to. I'm going to get my feelings hurt. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to die. I saw what they did to you. Peter, you know what? He was right. He was right. They crucified him upside down. And I bet if you could talk to Peter today, say, Peter, was it worth it? 
I bet bet on that day he would have said, yeah, because I love him more than this. I want us to stand. Lance, I want you to come. When we talk about these kinds of things and where you are, the Lord is the one that's going to be speaking to you. I could I could sit down with you and tell you why you need to give him everything, why you need to love him above everything and just give your whole life completely, your future, everything over. I could try I could try to talk you into that all day long. And it wouldn't do any good at all. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit today. And some of you, when I say you're here, you know exactly, you know, you know. What's your answer going to be today? Are you going to say yes and enter into a Acts chapter 2 experience in the rest of your life? I was at a revival service in Ava, Missouri. And it came to this pot in my life. And God said, are you going to give me everything? And I said, yes. And I entered into Acts chapter 2 in my life. I got to come and be the pastor of this church. And we got to see people come and know the Lord. And people have been baptized. And people have been healed. got two sons that have been called into ministry and working one son's in Africa a ministry a missionary my daughter my youngest daughter is a, has, has a ministry in the, in the, in the school system and, and teaches people who Jesus is and my other daughter is married to a, a children's pastor and they're teaching Je- who Jesus is And God wants to do that. Will it look like that in your life? I No. But he wants to move in other people's lives around you and wants to do that. And that's just what it looks like in my life. But, but that's what he wants to do in your life. And I wonder what would happen if I was in this area right here and I said, no, I think I'll just, I think I'll just do what I've been doing. I wouldn't know most of you because I said yes I get to walk through life with you what a privilege it is because I said yes what would happen in your life if you said yes this morning you're right here what are you going to do what are you going to do what are you going to do this morning is the Lord speaking to you Come to this altar this morning and just once and for all say, yes, God, to whatever you have in my life. Let's sing together. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall 
But you have never failed me yet